welcome to the Auction Addict Triathlon Podcast brought to you from Malta. We are brought to you every week by our sponsors, PrecisionHydration.com. Leaders in triathlete sweat testing and hydration with multi-strength electrolytes that match how you sweat. You've nailed it. You can <laughs> listeners can get nine ninety nine's worth of free product using the code Oxygen Addict. Can you tell we're trying to do this without a script? So that's Precision Hydration done. Who else we're sponsored by? Sponsored by FoodCell.co.uk. The next generation of nutritional carriers for your bike. This is great. We should do it without a script every week, shouldn't we? <laughs> right, the reason that we are making such a hash of our intro is that we're recording this. It's actually gone dark since we've recorded this. We're sitting at a picnic table in Malta still, wrapping up the end of our Super League special. We've got loads of super-duper stuff to go through with you today. Um, else, <laughs> where should we start today's show? I think we're going to rewind slightly for our post-race. Yeah, so we're going to start today by a bit of chat from me and Helen telling you about our race in the age group Enduro Aquathlon Super League Triathlon Malta this morning. Alright, so we're down here at transition race day morning. Um, Hell's in my scientific opinion, people here are looking 187% more serious than I was expecting. We should say uh, age group race day morning, shouldn't we, first of all? so uh... I'm trying to pass it off like we're racing with the pros. There's Vincent Louis over there and Richard Murray's next to us. No, so we're in the age group race here, it's about 7.30. Sun's rising, look over here, Hell's. Got beautiful sunrise over the like the city walls the and the are flying past, aren't they? And um, I'm not to be honest, Rob, I'm not actually awake. <laughs> but it's beginning to get no sense out of Helen. There's about I'd say a couple of hundred people down here. Um, most people seem to be under ten percent body fat, which is a surprise. Yeah. Um, they all do look very fit and there are lot lots of people do have their country race kits on don't we <laughs> so we have Bonomo from Italia and then we've got you know Malta and Singapore basically we're starting to reconsider nah it's just fun. <laughs> I'm looking around and I'm thinking I shouldn't have had that massive pizza at 10 o'clock last night <laughs> well no no we needed to be fueled Rob yeah okay because this morning I, I, I got it my alarm went off at six and I had a banana which I stole from breakfast yesterday and oh, yeah like and a coffee um so, you know, I'm fueled. Am I ready to do this? We've got to go up that hill five times. I didn't I'm going to ask you, Helen, are you ready? <laughs> I will be in 21 minutes' time. So the pretty cool thing is we're actually in transition. We're racing on the same course as the pros are going to race on later on today. So we're actually right here. We're racked by... Um, well, that's actually no num- names on their little racking tags yet, but they'll all have names on later on, won't they? Yeah. Um, so we're right at the end. Poor Hells, she's realised she's racing without her glasses, so she can't actually see where she's going to be getting her shoes and stuff from. So we're right at the very end of the transition. <laughs> so our shoes are going to get booted by 100, 100 athletes probably. coming through. Yeah, they probably will do. But um, they, they just sort of say, you can go wherever, so that's all good. And, um, yeah, we are doing the... Aquathlon Enduro, so that means that we have to do swim run, swim run twice, but that involves actually five times up that sodding hill. I didn't think of this, I thought once it's fine, but no, actually, by number, I think by number two, I'm going to be going, oh man, what are we doing? So it's a pretty cool setup, we'll explain this. Like, transition, if you imagine an athletics track sized circle, like 400 meters round in a circle, transition's about 100 meters long, and then we jump straight out the end of transition into the into the boat harbour, swim across, along, back in again, so back in at the far end of transition, zoom through, probably, 
probably fail to get our feet into our shoes because they'd be wet. And we didn't bring... Towels, that's what we didn't remember. I oh, know, I brought a towel. Oh, I forgot we, my towel. We don't have time for towels. <laughs> we were going to dry our feet. <laughs> I wasn't. I was hoping for some talcum powder, but... Um, Maybe I'll go down and see if anyone has any. Um, oh, yeah, and then, so then we shoot out, shoot, apparently, out of transition. So and to interrupt uh, you, no. look at this guy's trisuit. There's a guy here who's got a trisuit on that looks like it's out of Game of Thrones. It's literally got leather belts painted on it, like airbrushed on. And his beard also looks like it's from Game of Thrones. That is a, oh, my God, and there's, like, armour down his side. It, it looks like armour, doesn't it? <laughs> this is brilliant. This is really cool. I think we need to find out if uh, if he speaks English. Let me just say. Okay. We're looking... So we're doing a, an interview for a podcast. We've just seen your trisuit, and you've got this kind of Game of Thrones thing going on. What's the deal here, man? What's your name? Game of Thrones. Francois is the name. Nice uh, it's Francois. Uh, it's not really inspired by Game of Thrones. It's more by the history of Malta, by the knights... Uh, of Malta, so that's what it's all about, really. It's an homage to our ancestors. It's very, very cool. Are you going to be gentle with us today and not, not run us over in the water? I will try. I cannot <laughs> promise, but I will do my best. <laughs> All right, man, thank you. Cheers. Best of luck. All right, so the history of Malta. There we go. Who knew? Who knew? Right, Hells, let's wrap this up. We need to go and do some strides like every other serious-looking athlete here. Come on, and some lunges. Yeah, okay, well, uh, may the best um, person win. <laughs> may the best person not finish last, how about that? Yeah. We'll see you all after the race, everyone. Right, so, post-race wrap-up. Post-race, post Rob. Well, I, I how are the legs feeling? Legs feel all right, actually, now, to be honest. Um, if we had done this interview at the finish line, I probably would have been gasping for breath. And I would have said, oh, everywhere hurts. But I've now had a shower, I've had breakfast, and uh, they feel pretty good. But, oh, my goodness, it was so much fun. That is how to wake up on a Sunday morning. I, You can hear now, I can put a sentence together. I couldn't do that before. So, official warning, listeners, we've got Jolly Helen back. We've got Endorphin Helen is right here. Ju- I have to point out, just after the finish line, neither of us were looking too perky. That that final uphill sprint to the top of what they're calling... Malta Mountain pretty much did me in and I did wonder whether I was going to be re-seeing last night's pizza at the finish line that I got in some last 100 meter sprint with some guy and I wasn't going to I wasn't going to fold but oh my lord I did think I was going to puke afterwards yeah the uh, Malta Mountain like I said before if you go up it once it's fine if you go up it sort of you know by by number three four you're just thinking oh let's get to the end of this but I think the weirdest feeling was actually trying to swim the second time and your entry into the water Rob there's actually someone got it on someone caught your entry just explain what you did because it is the most spectacular entry ever I mean beats all the photos of of the races in Hamburg that you see I went with the with the classic eight-year-old knees bent bomb into the water I just like, I know I can't die from this height. It's all going to go wrong. The goggles are going to come off. I'm just going to tuck my knees up and bomb in. Crowd are quite impressed. The athlete underneath me, not quite so much. <laughs> you honestly do go and check out. Uh, it's up on the we'll Twitter feed. Twitter. It's up on Twitter already, already yeah. <laughs> and um, it's it's just rather special. I went for the dive approach. And nobody got it on? No, I, I, I've, I've looked back through. They got my arm. 
Yeah, but oh. it's not. There's no. There's no sort of Helen dive midair, and I probably wasn't midair to be honest. I mean, it feel it felt great. It probably didn't look great. Um, but it was the actually having to swim that second time was really difficult because you're you've just been running and you're running quite hard, yeah. and then suddenly <laughs> you have to swim again. And even though it's only another three hundred meters, my goodness, from that first boy to the second boy before you turn back in um to the swim exit oh that felt quite far didn't it yeah i honestly trying to trying to swim when your body is flushed with lactator running at probably above 5k pace i think i probably went too hard and with the hill thrown in there as well there's no respite on the downhill because you've got to leg it really fast it's absolutely flooded with lactate. I can feel now my lats, which is a good sign because I was obviously swimming with decent form if my lats are sore, but my lats are more sore than my thighs are, which is, I've never experienced post. I did get in the water and think, I'm already so out of breath. It's like I've already done a flat out 50 meter sprint and now I have to swim 300 meters. Yeah, that was that was certainly the case. And I think the first lap as well, we started from a deep water start. So everyone was together. It was pretty manic, I think, at that very start. And you know you did get a few people um sort of trying to trying to bish and bash and um i i thought that that was that first swim would have been almost a little bit easier because you had other people like drafting around you the second one because the field was a lot more spread out by that point you did think oh i'm on my own here yeah yeah so let's talk through how the race played out then so we all lined up how it played out we were chilled out (laughs) but we know there was a there was a, a podcast smackdown going on. The listeners need to hear the, the results, don't they? So we swam to the first boy, got several good kickings from... I, I was lined up right next to Will, you know, the, the the commentator. So Will gave me an Australian elbow on the way by, which was good. So that shook my morning up a little bit. We got to the first uh, first boy. I looked up and I saw an oxygen addict tricep in front of me and I thought, get in, there's Helen. So I'm on your feet and I thought, this is great. Big pack of people. I'm just gonna, and I was looking forward to tapping you on the shoulder as I get out of the steps. And then some guy swung between us. Yeah. It gave me the, the proper breaststroke legs to the mouth and then rolled onto his back and then swam backstroke between us. And then as a bad time I got around him, you know, that the pack splits and that was it. I was like, oh no, there goes the first pack. So Helen's comfortably zooming along in the first pack. And I reckon you must have put 20 seconds into me over the second half of that 300. Really? Yeah. I mean, quite possibly, actually, because then, so got out the water. By the way, there is another photo of you looking like Hulk coming out the water. <laughs> I just have this double chin thing going oh, on. Really? You look, like, amazing. So we'll have to put both up there of the, uh, you know, getting out. Anyway, then transition. That was fine. Just put the trainers on. Neither of us bought talcum powder, so that was just a, right, let's just stick the trainers on. Um, knowing that well, we were going to be... You'd gone by the time I got to the shoes. Yeah. We were next to each other. So we were next to each other in transition. I think you were just leaving as I got to my shoes and I couldn't even give you a shout. Yeah, I think that's right. So my shoes were on. I was gone. Um, I, I, I kind of left semi with my hat still on, knowing that, right, well, I'll pull that off once I'm running. So then goggles went down my top and I carried my hat then on that run. Um, and then you came past me I mean, even before the hill, I was going pretty pedestrian-like on that first run, wasn't I? I thought you were going pretty good. I thought you were going pretty good. You were running. Everyone was running well, but obviously nobody knew how to pace it. So that was the thing. And I passed you on that first bit of the first hill. Then the next thing we know, we're back into the water. 
we're running in. I'd left my hat and goggles in transition as if it was a triathlon. So as we were running in, as we came through the S-bend, I thought, this is the point where all the pros put the hats and goggles on. I reached down for mine and thought, oh no, mine are back there. So, okay, no problem. <laughs> Shoes off, got the hat, got the goggles, started to run. And it was only maybe 30 meters from where we were racked to the thing. Struggled to get my hat on, goggles in the mouth. Had my... <laughs> basically hat just twanged off the top of my head as I was getting into the water. Just got the goggles on before the before bombing into the water. So I did the second swim with no hat, which we'll come to later. <laughs> so, um, well, I clearly approached this like a pro because yeah, I had noticed um, yesterday, uh, clearly my favorite Norwegian triathlete, no, no, no. I, I had noticed that a lot of them have goggles and hats sort of shoved down and I saw when they started to get their hat out and I thought, ah, right, okay, so I need to be conscious of that on the second lap. So I started putting my hat cap, swimming cap back on actually quite early because, and I'm glad I did because it's really hard to get it on on the run. So by the time we were coming sort of back through transition, I had my cap on and I had my goggles like above my eyes. Yeah, oh, like it. Okay. And so you almost caught me in transition, didn't you? You said you, I didn't see you, but you said you saw me. So this was on the, so this is after the second swim. Um, I didn't see you at all in that swim. Right. But it was then when, yeah, when I came into transition the second time, so ready for the final two and a half K run, you were just leaving transition as I was putting my trainers on. Right, so it's super close. You'd close that gap right up. Yeah, okay, cool. I honestly felt like I was swimming with somebody else's arms on. I've never experienced anything like it. Couldn't <laughs> couldn't have that nice relaxed swim that I usually have. It was just like I know I'm going really slowly. I got swum over by what must have been like the lead 55 to 60 women's group. Pat came by me and swum over me like I would like, yeah, it was terrifying. The second swim was just quite, it was just quite quiet. So anyway, you then go off and I'm thinking, right, well, I know I took the first run loop fairly steadily. There is, you know, we had already said that you would get what the, it was two minutes, wasn't it? So I was thinking, oh, great. Okay, Helen, you're going to have to work here because Robbie is quite a lot faster on the run. And um, going up the hill the first time, you were sort of still in the distance uh, and then it was when you were then coming down the start of the hill and I was going up the hill. That's when I think you thought, oh, God, Helen's actually right back in it. Yeah, definitely. I turned around and I thought you had the eye of the tiger going on. So round the out and back, there's probably it's probably a 30, 40 meter stretch. There's probably only 80 meters between us at that point. And I was like, oh, no, I'm going to get crushed. I don't believe it. I don't even get my two minute cushion. I'm going to get beaten hands down with no handicap. <laughs> and then going downhill... Again, I had heard the commentator say yesterday about you've really got to sort of hammer the downhill, and I I didn't on the first two on the, on that first run I didn't. Whereas the second time I thought right, this is where I can make up a little bit of ground or maybe overtake a few people in front of me, and I, so I did. I did sort of hammer the downhill <laughs> in my own Helen way. <laughs> so we ended up then scores on the doors. We got to the finish. We don't have the official timing yet, but I started the watch after I crossed the line. And I'd maybe taken a handful of steps over the line before I started it. The watch showed one minute 46 as you crossed the line. So you were definitely within the two minutes. So the victory goes to you. Yeah. Coffees are on me for the rest of the trip. <laughs> well, then, then they had a whole load of, well, honestly, first of all, 
Oh, I'm delighted to take the win there. I mean, that was a really close fought race with Rob and, uh, you know, it, it really pushed me hard. But, yeah, absolutely chuffed to uh, take that win. Those photos, they, they look really good of you. They're the best photos I've ever seen. I think that, like, the proper profession photographers from the pro racer here shooting the age group race, which, you know, almost never happens. And they look Instagram-like, don't they? It's cool. Oh, yeah, they're great. So, so they're going on your wall when you get home. <laughs> We'll stick a few up, maybe. Um, but no, then what happened was they had all these glass bottles. Well, first of all, we got our recycled medal, didn't we? Yeah. And then they had loads of glass bottles sort of lined up. And then they were reading out the age group results. And your name got read out for third in the 45 to 49 category. Let's just, you know, make, th make this, you know, let's everyone, everyone know this. And we were like, oh, my God, that's amazing. Yay, Rob's got a prize. And then... My name got read out as second in the 35 to 39 <laughs> women's category. Yay. And we were like, oh, double whammy. Um, and then it kind of went quiet for a little bit. We think there was a steward's inquiry. And then they asked everyone who'd had their names read out to all line up and get ready for you. You get your podium shot on the podium underneath the proper finish line. And um, who was done? It was mine was done first, wasn't it? So they read out my podium first. My name's nowhere to be seen anymore. So we th I think what's happened is I think I've officially been DQ'd for losing my hat. You know the thing where you put your hands between the hat and slide it onto your head? Yeah. It just twanged like an elastic band off through the air. And I actually found it in the harbour afterwards, jumped in and got it because I promised it to a friend's, a friend's mate's daughter afterwards. So I've got the... Whitey, if you're listening, I've got the swim hat for Chloe. Um, and then drama of all dramas, it turns out they've taken one off my score and added it onto yours because Helen is announced as age group winner what the hell and she's so nice she's going no no you've got it wrong someone else should be the winner it's, you know, I'm just like, get on the top step and get the photograph before they change the minds so I did I had to stand on the top step and thinking oh I'm not usually here <laughs> so yeah it was um all in all a successful Sunday morning I think and we made it back um in time for breakfast nailed the buffet <laughs> The best part of all is these these kind of empty glass jug thing trophies that we all got given. I've got a VIP band wrapped around them, and it turns out that you get to take your jug to the bar and fill it in the VIP area with the drink of your choice from the bar. Not ideal for me as a non-drinker, but Helen's is going to be sloshed by the time we get her home tonight because she's got to drink mine as well. And in fact, <laughs> I'm not giving that bottle, even if I'm DQ'd, I'm not giving me trophy back. <laughs> I'm keeping it. Sorry, Super League. All in all, though, oh, my God, it was so much fun. It was a lot of fun. And it was, I think, that some of the things that I took from it, like with a, you know, a serious Helen uh, thing here was so much respect for the pros who have to go up that hill so many times. It is, uh, once is fine, but if you're already, you know, on the red line or kind of above the red line or whatever, and you're having to go up that, that is tough. And you can see why it's so exciting at the finish when they might be you know head to head and then the other thing is those transitions you like we only had to deal with our shoes and our cap and goggles and i mean you messed it up <laughs> straight <away>. totally <laughs> that like the transition becomes a, a win or lose event in in racing that's this fast for sure and also like we can't overestimate the effect of like every pro we spoke to yesterday said oh my god it is so hard to jump into the water and swim again when you flush with lactate and it is like a different sport, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. It, but it, that's what I think is so exciting about it. Like, it brings another element to it. And then the other thing was, 
like as we've said over the last couple of days this venue is it's just something else it's incredible and I was swimming along and and I breathed to the right so all I could see was just these really historic buildings on my right hand side and and blue skies and I'm just thinking this is this is just amazing and the temperature of the water as well I think that made it a lot easier with that mass start that actually it was quite a pleasant experience I, I wasn't thinking oh I can't you know are there going to be jellyfish in the bottom of this it was just it felt nice and comfortable it's, so the water's kind of swimming pool temperature and jumping in without a wetsuit no drama whatsoever just ready to go at 7 30 in the morning so uh yeah I really think hells that the sort of the super league repeated fast short racing it's so much more it, it's reinvigorated me with like this used to be really fun when I took this up and I was traveling in Australia and they had all these different formats every week. I've realized I've become a bit stale on triathlon and this has made me go, this is awesome. I want to get back in shape so I don't get whipped by everybody. And it was just so much fun. And I think as well, it was, it was really relaxed. It was so relaxed. You know, the, the briefing, it wasn't, it wasn't like it was the day before or three days before, you know, it came in an email and then they gave you a little chat just beforehand saying, no, don't worry. You don't have to <laughs> swim in your race belts or, or swim with your number on. Don't worry about your numbers. You know, there was, it, it was really relaxed. And I think that made it really fun as well. Yeah. Really cool. Right. Let's wrap it up. We need to go down and watch some of the pro racing. So uh, we shall have some interviews with, uh, for you shortly. Here we go. Let's do it. Looking forward to it. Should be good. It's now Sunday evening. It's just gone 10 past six in the evening in Malta and once again the sun is setting behind us. It's kind of eerily quiet again now, Rob, isn't it? And I guess this is probably what it's like around here when it's not the height of summer and there isn't Super League Triathlon in town. Yeah, the circus has left town and we've been standing here. I can't believe the day's gone by so quickly. I don't know about you, I'm cooked from the sun. It's been like 30 degrees here all day. The racing has been fast and furious. We've, we've just... Honestly, can't tell you how excited I am by how like amazingly fast and furious the racing was. So, me and Hal's are going to talk through the race for you, tell you how each one went, and then we've got loads of interviews from all the all the podiums and a few other people of interest as well, haven't we? Oh yeah, we did, didn't we? We started off our day by finding um, our American friend Michael, who was the guy yesterday. You might have seen if you've seen any clips, who basically got in the water yeah. with his shoes on didn't he yeah. so that will be the first interview that you hear he obviously got then eliminated from yesterday so didn't make it through to today's final but we saw him just in and around the the finish line area and so we thought oh let's grab a word with him yeah. so he was very interesting so you'll hear from him and then yeah today's racing well i think after yesterday the women's races yesterday weren't that exciting because they because it, because you knew who was going to be winning it was like a semi-final wasn't it it was kind of like watching the semi-finals of the athletics at the world championships or the olympics in that you kind of expected all the favorites to qualify and they did you didn't really know who else was going to get through on the like the five fastest losers but we all kind of suspected they wouldn't have a big effect on the on the final result on race day and that's kind of how it played out wasn't it however race day itself was full of drama, full of smackdowns. The first interesting thing that happened was 
Cassandra Bogrand, who already was in the series leader's pink jersey, she had a shocker, didn't she, at the start of the first race, and she was way off the pace. Way, way off the pace. On the bike, you mean, because it started off with a time trial, didn't it? Yeah, so she was off the pace there. It translated into a a pretty poor start in the enduro for her. She had to basically sat on Sophie Coldwell's wheel for the whole of the first bike leg, which Sophie actually seems pretty cool about, wasn't she? But Cassandra Bogrand then somehow clawed her way back into the group, and all of a sudden, from us writing her off, it looked like she was just going to do everybody. And all of a sudden, we hear over the speakers, what happened? Well, exactly what did happen. So it was, oh, they just sort of say, oh, something has happened. We cannot see Cassandra, you know, that we can't see her. What has happened? And then it emerged that she had had a mechanical just going up the hill. Yeah, complete, look, complete failure with the front mech. It was completely ripped off the frame. It was all tangled in the spokes. I think by the time you guys hear this, you'll have seen the photos we put on Twitter, which I kind of sneakily managed to get the phone up against a bike when she wasn't looking and get a picture of it. So she was out of the running. Katie Zafir is pretty much at that point it was a domination wasn't it she just she just laid it down and she took the win we had Rachel Klamer took the second place and Yuko Takahashi came through for third she was super strong on the bike on the time trial wasn't she early on as well she was she was the fastest of the bike so she started that enduro um, first off and and it's really cool so they had to do this time trial on the bike and they were all set off at it was 10 second intervals yep and then obviously that then counted towards where and how they would start the enduro and we were sat right at the swim start weren't we and it was so exciting so they had you know a starter sort of there counting them down and they obviously knew exactly what number they could then sort of start and dive in so it was really cool to watch yeah it's great for the guys who the guys and girls who are weak swimmers because they can build up a lead on the bike and essentially get a head start in the swim and they built a kind of like ramp for them to dive off so the guys took us down and we were sitting maybe what one meter away from the ramp as they were jumping past it was just amazing to watch so close up i could have done with the tips on the diving for our for our race this morning <laughs> i could have done a bit of that technique myself i think but yeah there was there was a master class in diving went on wasn't there there were no no bombing no bombing happened in there i was, I was talking to uh, as you do i was talking to van sander we after the race and mentioned to him he might like to learn my bombing technique <laughs> Yeah. What did he give you a funny look? Yes, he didn't look that impressed no. with that. No, no, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> so there we go. So Katie Zafira is then world champion this year. She yeah. obviously came into this as Super League defending champion and rounded it off again by by taking that crown. So she's had a, a phenomenal season, and I think it bodes really well for her going into 2020, the Olympic year. Yeah, definitely. She looks super confident. And also, in Super League terms, she's now got two pink jerseys, two sets of 20 grand in the bank. There's 100 grand extra sitting there to win the series, so it's looking really good for her as well in terms of the series, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. So I would say it's just been, on on the women's front, it's been really, really exciting. And I think what could make it even more exciting is, fingers crossed, some more women enter the races next year. Because... It's such an incredible format, and you sort of think, why wouldn't you? Yeah, definitely. Anyone, any female pros who are listening to this who haven't been down to Super League yet or, and tried it out, get down there. You know, you'll get taken care of so well, and it'll make the racing even more fast and furious and intense. And I think it's such a fun way to go out there and get some really, really hard racing done. And not a bad way to earn a bit of earn a bit of money as well. Yeah, absolutely. Right, men's race. 
Yeah, the men's race. Oh my goodness. This was full of drama because this time on the um, time trial, there was chaos. Yeah, so the men's time trial was meant to be three and a half laps on the bike, finishing at the top of the hill. And all of a sudden there was there was chaos going on and whoever's whoever's job it was to move the barrier out of the way to let the first guy through hadn't done it. So Gustav Eden was the first one through, wasn't it? And he's like, I was sure that I was sure I'd done three and a half, but I couldn't get through so okay. So he carried on, the next three carried on, they moved it in time for Van Saint Louis and Christian Blumerfeld to come through. But then they got told that they'd done the wrong number of laps and they were like, no, no, we've definitely done the right number. But they went back out anyway to be sure. Anyway, it all got tidied away in the end, didn't it? With everybody ending up doing an extra lap. Same thing again. We had the time trial start on the swim and there wasn't much by way of... Difference in there, was there? It was almost like bish bosh bash one yeah. after the other getting in there there really the weren't that many breaks seconds. and yeah martin talks about that martin van reel in, in his post-race interview um about like the impact that it that it had and but that was almost even more exciting to watch wasn't yeah. it because it was so quick 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 them all diving in and you're thinking how do they not land on top of each other but as you said they kind of do it at the same time yeah so we'll hear later on from Hayden Wild. Hayden as you'll know if you've listened to the other shows he got pretty badly smashed up in a bike crash a couple of days ago he's got stitches in his face he got dived on by somebody during the dive start and roughed up pretty good he said and ended up getting spat out the back of the pack so he was like I was just trying to protect my stitches and not not get my head kicked in basically so it wasn't the best start for him but he's a real competitor fierce competitor from like a long distance adventure racing and exterra so he's tough as nails and he battled his way back in we then had the surprise for me was van saint louis went to the front gave it the full gas strung everybody out he saw that christian blumenfeld was a bit back Christian Blumenthal wasn't having any of it. He battled his way up. And the two guys just, like, I'm not going to say they hate each other, but in terms of competition, they wanted to beat each other so badly. They were just giving it full gas up every hill. And you could see everyone else going, just back it off, boys. (laughs) And the other thing is, because they had both won their semi-finals yesterday, they both had the short shoot. So they were neck and neck. And then actually it wasn't really going to make that much difference unless one had sort of gone and the other one hadn't quite managed to follow or something. But that didn't happen. They did both take that short shoot, which then bridged the gap to third and fourth. And just shoulder to shoulder, shoulder to shoulder, shoulder to shoulder until that final hill. And again, in Christian's post-race interview, you'll hear his side of that and you'll hear Vance Lance as well. Yeah, so amazing racing for those two guys. Literally every corner they went into, neither of them wanted to give an inch. There were elbows out, they were pushing each other's shoulders. It was a really like proper tough competition and it made for fantastically exciting racing. And again, the more pros that come and do this style of racing, the more exciting it's going to get. Yeah, definitely. It, it, it just is something completely different and it's really really cool to watch you're kind of engaged and and because the settings are quite compact as a fan you can see so much of the action yeah the the bike course the run course are in like a triangle so you could just literally walk across from the three sides of the triangle and watch them three times on each lap and see down over the swim here in malta as well because it's on a hill so fantastic for spectators brilliant weekend away for any any fans of triathlon and the real noticeable thing that's blown our minds is obviously not just from our point of view with our press passes but the access that the fans have got to all of the big superstars you'd never get this at itu level you'd never get it at the olympics you wouldn't get it within 100 meters of them and here 
the sitting and leaning over barriers and having selfies with people it's just fantastic racing but also really relaxed atmosphere with the fans as well so do we need to hear then from some of these athletes that we've just been talking about? Let's do that. We're going to play out all our interviews here back to back. We'll introduce everybody along the way and then you'll hear from us again at the end after all our interviews are done. So first, second, third and fourth in the men's race. First, second, third and Sophie Caldwell yep. in the female race, I think. I've just realised we haven't actually given the overall result from no, the men's race. It? Yeah, so Vance on the Wee took it in a, in a brutal uphill sprint finish from Christian Blumenfeld. There wasn't much between him even at the finish. And Hayden Wilde took the sprint finish from... Martin Van Riel. From Martin Van Riel for fourth. So great racing from them. Let's hear from all the interviews now. So before we bring you a whole load of interviews from the um, from the finals on Sunday afternoon, um, we are just we've come up a little bit earlier, and it's the fun run that, that's just happening. And Rob spotted someone uh, with pink glitter all over his body, and uh, it turns out that it's actually Michael Arashita, the trainer guy. Now, so you might have seen this on social media. So uh, Michael, just explain why am I describing you as the trainer guy? <laughs> Well, yesterday was the uh, prelim for the Super League event, and in the Super League races, if you ever fall 90 seconds back, or in a lot of races, if you're the last person in each discipline, you're eliminated. So I finished my first run, and then as I was running through transition, about to stop at my bike to take my shoes off, I looked up and I saw the clock was at about 1.24, so I knew if I stopped to take my shoes off, I'd be eliminated. But I thought maybe if I just kept running straight through, I would make it past the elimination mat and make it into the swim. And I didn't quite think about how difficult it was to swim with shoes on, but it was uh, just trying to survive and live a little bit longer. And I did that and I dove in and uh, took about 10 kicks and my feet filled with water and started sinking. And I was already probably at uh, 190, 200 beats per minute after running as hard as I could, chasing the group down and then <clears throat> It was uh, pretty tough, and then so I stopped and actually took my shoes off and tucked them mid into swim. my mid-swim, yeah, <laughs> treading water, and then put my shoes into my suit to think maybe that would be easier, and uh, I think it was easier, but not by much, so I would certainly encourage anyone the next time they're uh, at a swim session to put their trainers on and try to swim just 100 with your shoes full of water trying to kick and see how useless it is and uh, you'll uh, know my pain so I was uh, I knew I'd be eliminated after the swim but figured made it through one more event and uh, got some good coverage Super League liked it and that's what Super League racing is about is uh, just innovative creative tactical racing and you gotta think on your feet and never really know what to expect so we saw in Jersey many athletes running without shoes on to avoid getting eliminated after uh, the swim discipline to make it into the run and then I guess this time in Malta, I was the first person to swim with the run shoes on, which I think is a good bit harder. But uh, hopefully we'll see some other athletes attempt it in the future and realize my pain. So. <laughs> <laughs> and how did you end up getting into Super League then? Uh, I raced in the Super League Ottawa event in Canada. It was a qualifier race, so it was open to any pros. And top three qualified for the Super League series, the championship series with uh, all of the previous year racers and all the other wildcard athletes. So with Super League, they take the top 10 from the previous season and then there's three qualifier races and top three from each get a golden ticket. So then that's 19 and then they add about 
11 or so wildcard athletes that are just successful athletes. They're world-class guys who may not have done Super League in the past, but they're top-level athletes. Uh, I mean, Christian Blumenfeld was one of the, quote, wild cards, but you saw he won the grand final. He's one of the best guys in the world. And, uh, yeah, so I think the, the golden ticket people tend to be the underdogs. So uh, it was a good experience and excited for next year. So I think uh, with 10 more months until the next Super League, I think I should be able to learn from this season. Uh, get a lot better, work on my weaknesses, and hopefully have a better showing, and hopefully not ever be in the scenario again where I have to swim with my shoes on because that was the one of the toughest parts of my triathlon career right there. And you said to us just before we were going to hit record that actually you were about to quit triathlon before before you qualified. Yeah, I wouldn't necessarily say quit is kind of almost making like a voluntary thing, like I can't take this anymore, but it was almost a... Uh, uh, it was hard to justify. I mean, I was like $1,500 in credit card debt. I really didn't have any great results. And it was just kind of having an honest assessment with myself of do I have what it takes to make it in the sport? Are my goals out of reach? I was sort of out of the mix for the Tokyo Olympics, which that's kind of everyone's motivator is the Olympic Games. So with that kind of being out of it, I was playing with the idea of just transitioning the next for 2020 kind of transitioning into the next phase of life um but with the super league golden ticket uh it was the best race i had i had the fastest runs there um i swam well which is typically my weakness and then i got into this year's super league and figured i'd see how this year goes and then they extended the super league season until 2020 uh to help with all the olympic qualifying athletes to focus on the olympics without super league getting in the way so uh, there'll be five Super League races next year, and it's the same series, so I'll be in for all of those. So, uh, yeah, it was really the uh, kind of a life-changing opportunity. And then coming here and racing with all the best guys in the world, really, uh, I know it was, a, it was a rough showing and uh, may have been basically my best, but just best not enough. But, uh, yeah, I'm excited for next year. I really believe I can be in the mix with some of the guys next year. And last year I was far worse than I am this year and was struggling at way lower level races so I think if you look at improvement in the past 12 months and rate of trajectory the slope of the graph if you will uh, I like to believe that next year will be a big year for me and uh, hopefully people see it coming um, but if not I'll be there next year and hopefully people asking where did this guy come from so that's my motivator and that's my goal so and Michael, how difficult is it for, you know, someone maybe kind of not quite there on the National Federation program? How difficult is it and how therefore important is it to have something like this? Uh, yeah, it, it's it's huge. I had a lot of other friends who were kind of, we go back and forth within races who um, they were asking me, what are you going to do this fall? And uh, they were all going to Asia to do some Continental Cups and uh, I really didn't want to do that. I couldn't really financially justify it. Um, and it was really, uh, I have no idea what I'm going to do this fall. I hope Super League, um, but if not, I don't really know. So, yeah, the Super League opportunity has been uh, career-changing, to say the least. And then to come here and race against these guys to kind of see uh, what level of intensity um, and skills are required to make it in the sport was... Uh, just so invaluable you really can't put any kind of like it's it's, it's essential i'd say um so yeah it's definitely been 
incredible experience. And does that mean now that you know next year will you be able to train full time or do you, do you work as well? Yeah, I uh, I pretty much co been coaching triathletes for the past six years, kind of since I was a sophomore in uni and I uh, started trying to help the freshmen. Um, we didn't have a coach. I went to Texas A&M. We had a club triathlon program is how I got into the sport. Um, so I kind of started figuring pieces out here and there. I studied uh, pre-med and physiology, so I started learning um, kind of the human body and physiology from kind of a more medical background and then putting the pieces together, getting more experience, uh, reading books, all that kind of stuff. So I've kind of since then kind of grown and tried to learn, be the best that I can be. I just came from Kona actually last week. So I went from Jersey to Kona and back here to um, help support one of my uh, best friends and one of my athletes that I've coached forever uh, who qualified for Kona. So I was out there supporting him and back over here. So that's actually where most of my uh, kind of finances come from. And then essentially I call it funding the, funding the dream. So it's doing that to fuel and fund triathlon essentially. So uh, yeah, I minimize expenses. I don't necessarily have a, a home. I kind of bounce off between friends' houses and couches and back home with my parents here and there and then uh, just at training camps. So minimizing expenses and trying to live the dream. Yeah, make it work. So I'd say uh, I think I live the richest life. I mean, I look around me right now. I know you can't see what I'm looking at, but it's, uh, it's beautiful. Um, and I've been to some incredible places despite living out of a suitcase. So it's, uh, I think I'll look back and have nothing but positive experiences from this whole triathlon endeavor. And it's, it's the way you look at it. Cause I know people who just complain, complain, complain about not having money. can't make, can't make it in the sport. There needs to be more funding. There needs to be more money and all this stuff. And my response is always, if there was more money in the sport, if there was more uh, funding, then more people would do it. And if more people did it, it'd be even more competitive and you'd probably have even less success. So the harder it is, uh, really just separates everyone. So you know everyone in the sport is uh, in it because they love it, they're in it, uh, just for something a little bit more intangible than making money. So it's about really chasing a dream and doing whatever it takes to, uh, to get there. Such wise words. My final question. Well, it might not be, depending on what you uh, say. I got nothing else to do, so. No, no, no. <laughs> I want to know why the heck are you covered in pink glitter and with a bit of pink on your face? Oh, I don't. I don't entirely know. I showed up. We were just wearing regular clothes, and then I was here to do the Nike Fun Run, and then everyone was wearing pink, and uh, it's for Breast Cancer Awareness Month, so pink. Um, and I didn't really come prepared, um, nor did I bring anything pink. So I kind of thought quickly on my feet, went over to the tent, and then uh, just poured glitter on and it seemed to be a hit seemed to work out well so um i was able to share some of my glitter with some of the the kids and other people who didn't have glitter by just pinching and sprinkling like a little pixie <laughs> so it was uh, it was a good time michael thank you so much rob i don't know if you've got any other questions no we're good michael thank you yeah thank you very much Cassandra not the race that you wanted no uh, it was not uh, oh i wanted to finish my my season but uh c'est la vie in french that life what happened uh i broken my derailleur so i can't do anything uh, with that you got a holiday now to something to look forward to a bit of an off season uh, yeah i stayed uh, one day more uh, in malta and uh, after uh, i come home and uh, i will take uh, just uh, two weeks of, uh, of season, of holidays. Thank you so much. I'm going to let you Thank go. You. 
Right, we've got Sophie Calder here. Sophie, congratulations. That looked like a really, really tough race there. You pretty much dragged Cassandra Bogrand around the entire bike leg. Did she do a turn on the front at all? No, she didn't, but I was fine with that. Like, at least if you're not on your front, like, no one's going to come down in front of you. So, yeah, it was fine, but yeah, went very hard and suffered from there on in. So, it was, it was really hard. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We've just watched you limp over here, and it's like, it's hard to describe the nature of the hill on this course, trying to run flat out up it, isn't it? Yeah, you just, I felt like I was it's just running on the spot. Like, you're trying so hard, and you're putting a lot of effort in for not a lot of return. So, yeah, I was glad to finish, and yeah, glad that's the end of the season. <laughs> What does the rest of the year hold for you now then? Are you going to have a bit of a rest and recovery? Yeah, a couple of weeks of um, not doing a lot really and then chill out, moving house and then a bit of cross country and back into training. Only you can think a bit of cross country is the off season. That's hilarious. I know, but I get to this point where I'm like itching to race so I need to find something to fill the winter with. So cross country fills that, fills that gap. So it's good training as well. So yeah. All right, listen, we'll leave you here so you can think about how you're going to get back down this hill and into transition. Thanks so much. Thank you, cheers. <laughs> Yuko Takahashi, congratulations. What a, what a great day today. Yeah, thank you very much, yeah. You said to me yesterday that you were looking forward to mm -hmm. that bike time trial. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I like hearing calls like this. So, yeah, I did really good uh, time trial. So, yeah. And you knew that you had that in you, didn't you? Uh, you were not, confident not really, yesterday. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> I didn't expect that, but yeah, I just did my best and that came out good. Yeah. And what was it like having had that bike time trial? How did that affect the race, do you think? Uh, yeah, uh, it was really hard, uh, but yeah, I did my best and I was leading into the uh, enduro yeah. so I just stay calm and like yeah what I need to do, focus on what I need to do and just trying to follow Katie Rachel and yeah and you did it and d did you expect to be on the podium today not no no <laughs> for sure not but yeah a little bit sorry for Cassandra but yeah it sometimes happens so yeah. <laughs> and what does it mean for you to be on the podium? A really good step. Uh, I have one more race this year, and but yeah, it's really happy to be here, and this is really good for good step for 2020. And of course, obviously, it's going to be for you a home Olympics. Yeah, yeah. You must be super excited. Have you qualified yet? Not yet, <laughs> but yeah, I think you're really excited to have like such a big even in my home country so I'm really looking forward to it and have you spoken to some of the British athletes who maybe were involved at London 2012 and, and what they made of having a home Olympics oh uh, no, no no not really the atmosphere is insane oh, yeah, insane. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I can yeah imagine yeah and it was really hot today but what uh -huh. do you think it's going to be like next summer in Japan I think, yeah, really hot, like more humid, I think, than here. And we had a test event this August, so it was really hot and humid, but uh, we did some heat protocol, so I think, yeah, I was preparing, preparing for that. So hopefully next year also I could do well. Great, well, congratulations today. Fantastic end to the season for you, yeah. apart from your one more race, and yeah. then really good luck for qualifying and then racing yeah. at Tokyo. Thank you very much. <laughs> Thank you. I got Rachel Clem here. Rachel, congratulations on second. Did the race play out the way you thought it would today? 
No, definitely not. <laughs> uh, I woke up this morning and I was like, wow, I'm feeling definitely worse than I woke up when I in Jersey. Um, my legs were just sore, like my quads. And it, I'm, I noticed yesterday already during the race, my legs were not, they were, they were not feeling the way they felt in Jersey. Um, I knew, I know I haven't trained the way I wanted to train for this race. So I'm actually really surprised that I even managed to hang on today and managed to stick to that second place. You did really well. You looked great on the run, but were your quads really feeling it today after the smashing that they took yesterday? Yeah, absolutely. On the last run, I looked back and I was like, I think I can afford to walk a little bit because I, I don't. I could barely get up that hill. I think it was more walking than running. I'm pretty sure my pain in my face was on. So were you secretly glad then when Katie took the short shoot? Uh, no, yeah, well, I, of course, I knew she was going to take. And I, I kind of got closer again. But then I knew, like I was like, no, I'm not, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna get it. I tried, but I, at the end I was like, no, there, there is no way my legs can still get back on it. So yeah. Right. Well, listen. Congratulations on a great performance and have a wonderful off season. Thank you very much. We'll do. Thanks. Katie Zafiris, congratulations on the win. How are you feeling right now? Yeah, I'm really happy. I mean, uh, you can't end the season better than that. And uh, to start my off season, I'm. I'm very excited. I did what I wanted to do, which was just finish the race, giving everything I had and being proud of how I raced and just not give up, even though it is harder the further the season gets. But no, I'm just it's, it's such a tough field and you see different people, especially on this course. Like, I mean, Rachel, you could tell yesterday was going to be super strong, but Yuko did did awesome. Like, I was really happy that I was I picked third for the TT and then she was ahead of me so that chasing her was really good incentive and I think that's a lot of the reason that I was able to have a good TT was because she was setting that tone and being really hard to catch which obviously I didn't I lost two seconds but that was that was good enough for me. <laughs> yeah she was super strong on the bike wasn't she? Did you like that format where then obviously with the rolling start for the swim it was about two meters high the dive you all had to do we were all looking in the crowd and going I'm glad we don't have to jump off that. Oh, I love those types of things. I mean, some of the times where I feel the most powerful in races is when you dive in off of uh, blocks like that or um, the second dive into the swim. Like, I usually like it because I get a lot of momentum and power from that. And um, I think it, other people struggle with it, and I see it more of a, as a strength. So are you looking forward to the rest of the Super League season kicking off after the Olympics next year? Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, I think this type of racing is just it's really tough it's really exciting and it really makes you uh, focus on all those all those small aspects to make you a stronger triathlete and um, be better so like even though even after winning this race like there's certainly things during the race where I messed up or didn't figure out and uh, want to do better for next year and it probably adds your Olympics experience as well right oh for sure like uh, these races are great for for everything but um the more you need to like for here transitions and every single time Rachel would uh, she would crush me on the transition and from the bike to the run and I know this winter I'm really gonna have to focus on that type of thing and also uh, gearing like into the corners I mean how many times have we done this this little circuit now and I don't think I figured it out yet so um, yeah like this race it just makes you really um, try and be better in every way because you can't really afford to lose time anywhere I will we'll let you get away. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you. 
sponsors right a big shout out to our two show sponsors today first up foodcell.co.uk foodcell make the best aerodynamic top tube nutritional carrier to fit food and gels and all kinds of stuff onto the top tube of your bike while you're riding so you can use it to fit four of those big fat gels in. you can get two massive chunks of flapjack or shots of food or whatever it is you like to eat you can get the stuff into and out of the food cell dead easy sliding mechanism on the top you can open with one finger get the food out put the wrapper back in slide it shut with one hand it's super super easy to get things into and out of which is really important if you're going to be using it to carry food on long distance racing you can also use it to carry your spares kit in so i can get two tubes two um two co2s a little multi-tool and an inflator in there it fits beautifully and it isn't hanging out there in the winds behind my saddle like it used to be so for all you aero weenies out there like me who want to keep your spares kit out of the wind it works fantastically well for that the price has been reduced by five pounds down to 39.99 you can get yourself one over at foodcell.co.uk second sponsor is precision hydration now then if you are needing out here in Malta I'll tell you what it's been absolutely roasting today that's probably not going to be a big challenge for you in the British winter time so if you need to take care of your hydration and your electrolytes when you're training indoors in the heat on the treadmill in the gym bikes and the spin bikes on the turbo Precision Hydration have got you completely covered. They make their electrolyte salts in different strengths to match how you sweat. So that means if you're a standard sweater and you need a thousand milligrams of sodium per per drink, you can mix one of those up. If you're like me and you're a crazy heavy sweater, you can mix yourself up a, a batch of uh, 1500 milligrams and it means that you don't progressively lose more and more and more sodium over the course of a week's indoor training. It, I, in my opinion, it's massively helped control the amount of those night cramps I would get in my calves. It stops my feet cramping when I swim, but also it just helps maintain the electrolyte balance in general. So you can take an online sweat test at their website. That'll give you a lead as to whether you are particularly heavy or a particularly salty sweater. Either of those are bad news for your race and training performance. And if you are, you can even have an in-person sweat test done as well. But for now, just order yourself some precision hydration. And if you've not tried it before, you can get £9.99 worth of free product using the code OxygenAddict over at precisionhydration.com. And you know what? Just one more request from us. If you guys could go online and leave us a five-star review on iTunes, that would be awesome. Five-star reviews help the show really rank well in the iTunes search engine. It's the reason that Super League Triathlon found out about us because they went into iTunes and looked at Triathlon Podcasts and there we were, ranked number one in the world, which, believe it or not, is pretty mind-blowing. So they invited us along. It's meant we've got to interview all these big stars and all of those stars have agreed, well, lots and lots of them have agreed after meeting us at Super League Triathlon that they'll come on the show and do proper long-form interviews. So we've got loads of big-name interviews coming up for you in the future. So thank you very much to everybody who's left us a five-star review on iTunes. You guys are the reason that we've managed to come out here and that we're going to manage to get all these big names on in the future. And anyone else who can leave us five-star reviews would be really much appreciated. Thank you so much. Tyler Mislachuk, how you doing, buddy? Hard day at the office out there today, huh? Yeah, a bit of a tough one and a bit of a miscalculation on course because, uh, as you could tell, that we, three or four of us, were forced to ride four and a half laps versus three and a half, so... I mean, it, it adds up. You had to ride an extra two minutes full gas, and I was I was pretty tired during that first triathlon, and actually came around the second one and kind of kind of went better in the second one. But 
yeah, top 10, but disappointing day. I, I wanted to be up there with the boys mixing it up. So, What happened with the confusion then? Oh, we just came out to finish, and the barriers were closed, so we couldn't enter the, the finish line. So we just kept riding. We kind of looked at each other, and we're like, well, we better keep riding hard because assuming everyone else is going to have to do it. And, yeah, everyone else rode three and a half while we rode four and a half. Tough day, huh? So what's next for you now? Uh, a little bit of R&R, maybe a beer tonight, a burger, and, uh, yeah, we'll uh, take a bit of a break and get ready for next year. Uh, I've got my eyes on a, a big race next summer in uh, Japan. So uh, we'll see We'll see how that goes, eh? Yeah, well, you've had some good opportunities to race your big competition here over this weekend at Super League, haven't you? Has it given you some extra confidence on, and a, a real close-up view of the guys you're going to be racing in a different format? Yeah, I mean, these, this racing is a great opportunity to race the best guys in the world. And uh, everyone comes into these races with a different mindset. Summer, you know, we're having fun. Summer to prove themselves. And some people are, you know, at the end of a long season like myself. So just trying to get the most out of myself and knowing that I may not be at the best physical uh, physical conditioning at this point. So I don't take it too hard uh, when I'm not up there with the guys. Obviously, you'd like to be mixing it up, but not every weekend you can be up there. So I'll be up there uh, when it matters, I think. Come Tokyo next year, I think we'll be, seeing, uh, we'll be seeing a different story, hey? Yeah, that's the plan. Hey, hot conditions is right up my alley. Awesome. Thanks very much for your time. Cheers. Thanks, man. Gustav Eden, congratulations on your race today, man. How did that work out for you? Uh, I actually said before the start that I think in the shape I'm in now, a fifth is uh, a realistic position and everything worse and better is like an offset of the fifth place I set myself into and I finished fifth so I think it's a good day, yeah. So a bit of confusion on the bike leg there, do you feel like it held you back? There was, what happened, you came up the hill and the barriers were closed and you went, okay, I'm riding another lap then. Yeah, I was 99% certain I did uh, three and a half laps. But the barricade was still uh, blocking the roads, and I pointed my way in, like indicating I was I was finished. But then the commentator said, "Haha, he has been counting wrong." But I was like really certain I did the right thing. But I, in the end, I just did another hard lap and uh, and finished the the thing. And uh, yeah, the only difference was I did a, a full lap more, but I didn't think that made a huge difference in the end. Bit of extra training for you, hey? Yeah. So I think my coach is happy now. Get some <laughs> training in. Fantastic. So what have you got planned for the rest of the year then? Is it off season for you now? No, I didn't really have an off season this year. I think off season is not mainly mental, but pretty mental. So uh, I'm extremely motivated to work until Olympics. So I don't feel like I need an off season this year. So I had a, a pretty big off season last year with a lot of sickness and uh, a lot of lot of rest so this year I don't feel like I need one and I rather have a, a bigger off season after the Olympics next year. Now getting the chance to race over the different format in Super League obviously you get to race guys like Van Saint-Louis up close what do you think his weaknesses are going forwards for you to exploit at the Olympics? Uh, it's hard to say but I uh, I'm not sure how he deals with uh, I don't, I don't know. I don't think he has a huge weakness, but I think maybe I could uh, play on my strength more. And my strength is maybe a reasonably high uh, pace over a long period. So not super high pace, but a pretty high, high effort over a long period of time. So if I try to make the Olympic Games uh, 
a high steady state effort, maybe that plays into my advantage, but it's a bit hard to say like almost a year in advance. Yeah. Yeah. So you and Christian together are a formidable pairing on the same team at the Olympics, eh? And don't forget Casper, he is also a magnificent yeah. team player. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So Willison, thank you very much for your time, man, and we can't wait to see you race in Tokyo as well next year. Thank you. Martin, no one wants to finish in fourth, but that was you today. But my God, you gave everything out there. Yeah, I think in the, indeed I, I gave it everything, so I can't be too disappointed. But of course, yeah, it always gives you the mixed feelings to, to finish just off the podium. What about that bike time trial to start things off? And you said yesterday, you know, that is your strength. How did you find that? How did that impact on things? In the end, I think it didn't impact things much because it was so close. So it was almost like a swim start without the fighting because everybody had like a, a couple of seconds. Um, yeah, I'm, like that's probably the thing I'm most disappointed by is my time trial uh, effort today. Uh, I think maybe I went a little bit too too careful in the corners. Uh, yeah, I've had some crashes this season, so I'm still kind of searching for confidence, and this is a good course to to learn how to corner again. So uh, yeah, I'm, I'm still quite happy with, uh, with the end. What happened out there? With there was a lot of confusion between the number of laps, wasn't there? Yeah, I think the first group they um, they yeah they did four and a half lap instead of three and a half laps on the bike TT. <laughs> Because uh, the the entrance of the finish line was still blocked, uh, I think yeah, someone must have made a, a human mistake, and uh, yeah, they, I think there was quite quite some confusion. So in the end, it was not too bad to be in the in the second heat, even though I had uh, less rest. And what next for you after finishing fourth here? We said yesterday you've had an amazing season. A bit of downtime. Um, I'm actually doing two more races now. Go on, what's next? <laughs> uh, so I'm traveling tomorrow actually to China for uh, the World Military Games. Uh, yeah, I'm in, in Belgium we have an, an awesome program and I'm supported by Belgian Defense. Uh, they, are, they are my employer. And uh, yeah, it's once every four years. It's like sort of a mini Olympics for, for military people. Um, so yeah, I hope to do well there. I'm, I'm going to see some of the Frenchies uh, of today back there. Uh, luckily not Vincent, but uh, it's Pierre, Aurelien um, uh, Raphael is there, Dorian Konings. Uh, and then I'm actually in two weeks later I'm doing a 70.3. Is that going to be your first 70.3? Yeah, that's my first one. Uh, I saw the Norwegians do uh, do the race in Nice and I fell in love with, with, the, with the distance and I thought I, I, can, uh, I can be in the mix as well, so I'm going to try to... To get a ticket there, that's uh, the first goal, of course. And uh, so, is that going to be which one are you going to do, Bahrain again, or is it? No, one it's Xiamen, a Chinese one. Uh, it's uh, yeah, now in exactly three weeks, 10th of 10th of November. Um, yeah, I chose that one because I don't like. I am quite tired, so I don't want to make the season too much longer because, of course, we need some time downtime and then yeah, the most important build-up to the Olympics. Great. I'm going to uh, le leave it there because I think we're going to be attacked by fruit flies. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, no, Martin, I have one other question. Okay. You know when you're diving in yeah. Yeah, and everyone's diving, like, I think most age groupers would be a little bit afraid of where to dive. Do yeah. you just not even think about it and just go? Or do you actually have to go, right, I need to go there because he's about to jump on top of me? Uh... Honestly, I, I don't really I don't really watch where I dive. Uh, it's just more of a yeah, like point point in an arrow and and try to not hit anyone and uh, hopefully not get hit from behind. Um, but yeah, of course, it's always going to be close because if you're in a, even a, a group on the running and you're like one second apart in the swim, that's like basically you're you're on on the shoulder of the other guy. So 
yeah, it, it is a kind of a dangerous thing, but I think we all know what we're doing. So usually I, I've never had anything uh, anything happen with a uh, collapse. So <laughs> good, good to know. And I guess sometimes it works and sometimes you get someone semi landing yeah, yeah, on top. Yeah, of course. Yeah, it happens that there is a there is a little fights, but it's it's part of the game, of course. Good luck in China. Thank you very much. <laughs> Right, we're here with Hayden Wilde, the Maltese Falcon. Mate, what an amazing performance. What an incredible comeback after crashing just the day before. How was the race for you? Yeah, it was, um, for me, I had I had to have a really good warm-up. Uh, the body was definitely feeling it today, um, just with the crash of the impact. Uh, but I was just mentally trying to block that out. And yeah, had a really good time trial. Unfortunately, we did an extra lap or something. I didn't, to be honest, I didn't even know we did an extra lap. Uh, I was just really focused and just trying to follow Vincent and trying to get as much time on him. Uh, jumping into the water in second for me, I was really happy. I was only a second behind, so it was really great, and still uh, had you know some um, some you know energy in the tank. Um, yeah, when I saw the boys coming to transition uh, or oh, the finish line, I kind of slowed up a bit because I didn't know what was going to happen. Um, so I just let Christian go by and just uh, kept my 10 meters behind him, and then went through at the end. So I had some energy at the end. So I knew I could have probably maybe been about five seconds faster, but it wouldn't have really made a difference. Um, and then yeah, jumped into the water and just got absolutely pummeled. Um, there's nothing I could do about that. I was more kind of uh, a bit um, scared about it to be honest because I didn't want to get beaten up in the face because that could have been race over for me. So um, I just had to play it safe and um, just be cautious of what I was doing. Um, unfortunately that made me come out of the last out of the water. Um, had a bit of work to do but it was real easy to get back on. Uh, the legs felt good after the time trial. Um, and yeah, got into the second round behind Vincent. I just worked as hard as I could in the water and got onto that little pack that was chasing him. So I didn't really lose too much time, which I was really happy about. And um, yeah, I did a bit of a fumble coming into the run transition and um, that cost me four or five seconds and potentially um, a better spot on the pony. But those boys had the short shoot and they're on fire. But yeah, really happy to get third place. I've just overheard you say you're, you're thinking about maybe the transition and having a crack at 70.3 New Zealand later on in the year. Are you excited about stepping up to long distance stuff? Yeah, well, I've actually come from a long distance background. Uh, I've done, you know, I used to be an event racer in Xterra, so I used to race between 6 to 24 hours anyway. So I've actually done a reverse transition to everyone else. So uh, I'm used to the distance. It's been a few years since I've gone that long. Uh, I've never done a 70.3 before, so for me, um, I won't be going out breaking records or trying to have a real quick time for me. It's just, um, you know, pretty much a training race. Um, and if I can qualify for world champs and do it with bare minimal effort, I'd be absolutely stoked with that. So, uh, but at the end of the day, it's it's how I feel when I get back to New Zealand. Um, you don't want to burn yourself out pre-Olympic uh, tour. So. We'll see what happens, but I'd love to qualify it super early and then have a later uh, later kind of recovery um, before um, you know heading into the 2020 season. All right, man. Well, listen, thank you so much. We're super impressed with how hard you've raced. You guys have made it so exciting this weekend, and I can't wait to see you all go at it next season too. Yeah, thank you so much. Cheers for coming. Nice. Do I want it? Yeah, yeah thanks. It. <laughs> so um, I'm standing with Christian and his second place male championship series round winner. Um, says second place there Are you happy with second place uh it's it's a good performance like it's really hard to beat one so it's such a short format he has been like the man to beat for the last year and a half over the super league so i'm i'm pleased to be close and being able to give him a real fight like we were running there really shoulder to shoulder with a few hundred minutes left and i was also having the kind of the image from uh, last year when uh, he ran with Skuman and it was like exactly the same happened like oh he was just flying through the last 200 meters and i had no not no gears left i just didn't have the speed 
because he entered the final corner just ahead of you, didn't he? I don't think that mattered too much, yeah, actually. Okay. Uh, I tried to pass him a few times, like up the hill here. So I kind of answered each time, but um, yeah, that was... That last kick, he uh, had it. I know that he has the last kick, so I, I really tried to give my best to break him before that, but I wasn't able to. Can you just explain what the heck happened during that time trial with the laps? Because you and Vincent both ended up in here. Yeah, we, I, I knew that we had three and a half laps. And... Uh, I just came in here and then suddenly everyone felt like, no, it's one left more. I felt like an idiot, you know, counting wrong or didn't not pay attention at the briefing or like... And Vincent followed after me and suddenly I lost 20 seconds there to, to the other guys because I had to go out again and I, I suddenly were with uh, Hidden Wild. Uh, but then it showed, at the end it showed that the, the front guys were counting wrong or the organizer didn't open up the gaps today. We were kind of kind of forced to go for that other extra lap so um, yeah but I think in the end they were able to take the timings like 100 meters before the finish line so even though we did an extra lap uh, uh, the timing were basically right did it annoy you doing an extra lap like did you feel kind of frustrated like when you're doing the extra lap you just feel stupid because you think you have done the mistake uh, so that, that was more kind of okay saving whatever I have but then uh, it was more relieved when I realized that I didn't do any mistakes and, uh, and they were actually able to... I think it didn't really matter in the end because they took the timings from like 100 meters down. You don't know the word give up, do you? That, mm. That's the thing that we love. Yeah, I think, I think I did a mistake there on the swim. I shouldn't have been in um, Hayden's feet. I shouldn't have tried to force myself into second place, diving into the water and... Um, giving whatever I had to stay in Vansa's feet because no I didn't really push too hard I was just staying in the feet to Hayden and Van Riel but also I gave Vansa like an 8 second gap and I think to be, if I wanted to beat Vansa I should have been with him out of the water and then really dragged, dragged it along on the bike to make that um, uh, sprint to not just a, a 1600 meter sprint but to actually a 4k bike and 1600 sprint all out because then I think I could have a chance third time lucky next year as in twice he's beaten people up that final hill third time lucky I'm telling you <laughs> yeah sure I think I need a gap before the hill because you didn't need like five seconds before the hill but I will give him my best next year so for you then, next year, the back end is going to be a bit mental, isn't it? Olympics, will you do Super League again next year? Yeah, that's And then 70.3 World Champs, hopefully. Yeah, that's the plan. So I'm now going to Bahrain in uh, December to just to qualify. It's not going to be a super fast race like uh, last year. It's just going to be to get my spot for the World Championship and uh, enjoy a few days there after the race. And do you think after Tokyo, would you quite like to go longer? We will see. Like, yeah. Uh, uh, Gustav is already qualified for Kona next year yes. because he won in, uh, in Nice and all he needs to do is to finish an Ironman. And I think Kalmar is after the Olympics. And if, so. if, if I do that with him <laughs> and win it and he just do it as a training ride, then uh, we can both be qualified for the Olympics. And in Rio it was like um, seven weeks and two days between. But now it's like um, uh, three months. So it's even easier to go back to back. So you, yeah, you never know. So you might be in Kona next year. Uh, maybe it's on, it's on the mind. If it goes well in, in Tokyo, I think it could be a cool thing to go straight over, uh, just to kind of 
show, show the middle finger at the long distance guys. <laughs> do, you, do you think you did? I mean, did you see it this year though when Ali Brownlee you know, struggled? Uh, like, he didn't struggle, he did brilliantly on the obviously the swim and then the bike and then he faded on the run. Yeah, but that wasn't really a big surprise. Like, you could see in this he can't really pace himself. Like, he was, I think he was running out there without even a watch and he went out in a three minute flat pace for the first 3k and then he blew kind of blew ups but that's actually just really really bad uh, pacing and uh, it, it's surprising that a guy with his uh, experience is doing mistakes like that so I think uh, as we have proven both in Nice and in Bahrain earlier that we really can deal with the long distance with minimum uh, weeks of training so if we have three months I think we can do a lot we will we will we can't wait to watch yeah, yeah let's see Right, so I'm here with Van Saint Louis. What an amazing performance, man! You guys absolutely smashed each other to pieces out there. Was it fun racing? Yeah, that's that's really good fun. I know you don't have really a pressure. You're not try, you're not racing for your country. You're not racing for a world title or, or Olympic medal. You're just racing for fun for, and for yourself. So you're more inclined to take risk. Like I mean, I, I went off the front since the start. I I just tried to push the pace, trying to attack on the bike. Like I I, I just had fun and. I don't know, it's just like every, every time you're racing, you just want to keep, keep the things going and that, that's really nice, racing Super League is really nice for that. It seemed like the look in your eyes and the look in Christian Blumenfeld's eyes, you two guys were both the two guys really going super hard and everyone else was like, just ease off for a minute you two, you were just really killing each other. Were you aware of Christian when you were out on the bike course? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, with Christian, it's uh, it's a long story. We're almost the same age. We are we had a lot a lot of tough battle, a lot of sprint finishes on races. And I, I remember in 2017 in Rotterdam, I won the grand final, and it was second. And I got this these pictures in my in my head when when I was on the last lap of the run with him. And so, and I think he got exactly the same because he was really hungry at the finish line. So yeah, that's that's good. He's a tough guy. Uh, he trains a lot. He trains really hard, and it's it's always a pleasure to. To race the, this guy but yeah I play with my strength uh, he, he played with my uh, weaknesses he, you know like on the bike he can be stronger than me so I, I just made him believe that he can catch me and, and I was all out but I was just like not waiting for him but managing my pace for the for the, for the run and then yes when when we took the short shoot I saw Hayden was a bit far off so I just had to follow him and trying to go all out with 200 meters to go that's what I did that was as I, pl as I planned it that even if you plan it before, it's still really hard to do. Yeah. And it seems like you guys bring out the best in each other. You both love racing and you could see in your eyes as you were coming up the hill together side by side, neither of you wanted to give the inside line going around the corner. It was a really epic battle to watch. How is this going to play out at the Olympics? Yeah, yeah, that's true. We had some, um, some helmet, uh, helmet hit at each other, some elbow. Uh, uh, yeah, even on the run, you, ju you just want to keep the, the best like um, the best corner possible, and you just don't want the, the other guy to take it. And it, it's just a matter of uh, kind of a poker face sometimes, trying to impress the other, trying to go a bit of a of a, of a bluff. And uh, yeah, we, we we do it pretty well, I think, both of us. But I mean, I I, I knew I was the strongest for a sprint finish, even more up, uphill sprint finish, and I just waited for that. He tried to drop me and. I just, I just sat on the front and I, I just I just showed him that I was still here and I, I would be the strongest, whatever, whatever. Right, so you retain the, the pink jersey going forward. You've won today overall. Um, are you looking forward to the rest of the Super League races that are going to happen next year after the Olympics? Yeah, yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. Um, I already told the Super League team that I would race all the Super Leagues. I really get a lot of fun racing these races and 
it's a bit of extra money for sure. That's a, that's an extra motivation, and you know when you're 30 years old, you you you, you need this extra money to to manage your post career. And I, I'm just like um, I'm just looking forward to racing this Super League. But yeah, as you said, first there is the Olympic, and that that's the biggest goal of my life. I mean now I've been world champion, uh, three-time world champion with by Team Relay, European champion. I won. I don't know maybe four or six Super League weekend and I'm still leading the Super League so the only thing that, that matters for me now is the, is the Olympic medal that's the only thing I miss and uh, yeah I'll do my best to get it well, the thing that excites us watching is there's a bunch of you guys who are really going to make the racing incredibly exciting to watch. It's not going to be a boring procession. You guys are going to smash each other. So we can't wait to watch it. Thanks so much for your time, and I really appreciate it. All right, so that was Vance on the Wii. That's the end of our interviews uh, for this Super League series. We've had a fantastic time out here in Malta. There's a bunch of Maltese guys walking by carrying the podium past us on top of the heads as we talk, which is pretty cool. Looks like it's well and truly get packed up, and that's that's a good note for us to end on, isn't it, really, Helen? I think it is, though. I did just want to mention this thing, Rob, which oh, is on the table in front that. of us. Yeah. yeah. So tell me, well, everybody knows who your favourite Norwegian racer is by this point. So Yeah, but he's now your favourite Norwegian. Yes. Yeah. He's my joint favourite Norwegian. I love <laughs> Gustav Eiden as well. Both absolutely awesome guys. Right, so I turn around and Helen is standing there having just interviewed um, Christian. Christian Blumenfeld. And I'm thinking, that's really sweet of him. He's let Helen hold his trophy. And Helen's got a big smile on her face. And I said, what's going on? And she said... Well, he's actually given me his trophy. <laughs> <laughs> so he... I, I, I just... I said, what, um, oh, you know, oh, nice trophy. He said, do you want it? I was like, no, 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 it's fine. He said, no, 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 you can have it, honestly. Because that happens every day, doesn't it? <laughs> that Christian Blumenfeld gives you his second place trophy from Super League. So it's so, signed. Well, so then I said to him, oh, Christian, I don't suppose you'd sign it, would you? Because actually um, it would be quite cool if I could do something with it and hopefully raise a bit of money for the cancer charity that I work for so I work for an amazing charity which supports young people to try to build up their fitness and strength um, if they've been affected by cancer so I'm thinking we we will come back to you on this one with exactly what we're going to do with this but oh my god what the heck (laughs) somehow we're going to raise some money for Helen's charity one of you is going to end up having this trophy I think somehow we'll work out a way to do it but what a brilliant end to a fantastic weekend hey Absolutely. So I am Helen Murray. I'm Coach Rob Wilby. And you've been listening to the Oxygen Addict Triathlon podcast on tour in Malta. Thank you very much to our sponsors, Precision Hydration, foodcell.co.uk. And um, also a big shout out to Super League Triathlon and to visit Malta and all the people who've made our trip possible. We really, really appreciate it. Bye. See ya.